Be seated. Good morning and welcome this morning. We're so thankful you're here. We have guests today and we appreciate that. I want you to know that you're always welcome and invite you to be back with us at Midway. Any opportunity that you might have. As we begin our lesson this morning, I want you to take a look at a picture that is on the screen. You may have seen this. It came out a couple of years ago. actually came out in 2016, but I'm not sure that you can tell it because it's squeezed up. Uh, if you'll punch a thing up there, Larry, maybe it'll, it'll, it'll hit the, uh, the, fit the screen. But a, as you look at it, you, may, you see the picture of a nativity scene. It's the time of year when people put those out. But the nativity scene is a little bit different. On this particular nativity scene, it's called the hipster nativity. And what you have is Joseph in the, in the little shed there, and he's taking a selfie of himself and Mary and the baby. And, and then you've got Mary, and I don't know that you can tell this, but it looks like she's got a cup of, uh, of Starbucks or something like that. And, and we know that the wise men came, but they came um, uh, probably around two years later. But they're there on this particular one, and, and they're on Segways, and they've got Amazon boxes with them. And so it's a little bit different you know, than what you might see sometime around this time of year. And we're not saying that this is the time of year when Jesus was born or anything of that nature. We're just making an observation that, that things are a little bit different. But when you look at this, you may have the same reaction that the makers of this uh, particular uh, venture uh, came up with. They said they basically had two reactions to what they're selling. Number one, people say, well, you know, that's hilarious, and I sure would like to have one of them. And others say, well, you know, that's sacrilegious, and you just really need to burn in hell. So they, uh, they, they have a problem with it. But as we look at that, you know, one of the things that comes to my mind, and you may have seen the title of the lesson this morning, either on the bulletin or on the screen as we started, we asked the question, what if Jesus had been born in America? You think about that this morning. What if Jesus had been born in America? Now, we know that's not possible. We know from the book of Malachi, chapter number 5, that Jesus was to be born in Bethlehem of Judea. And we know from the reading that was done this morning from the book of Galatians, chapter 4, that the right time was some 2,000 years ago. And so we know that Jesus would not be born in modern-day America, but that doesn't stop me from thinking about what if. What if Jesus had been born in modern-day America? Think about that. Can you imagine the headlines when, uh, and the buzz on Twitter when, when the shepherds decided to tweet about the events that started taking place that they saw in the sky with the angels having appeared? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine all the buzz that, that would have started there? Maybe they would have decided, hey, this deserves to go on Facebook Live. And so they go live with it and they see, you know, we, we're able to see and we're able to hear all of the things that were going on back then. Or, or, or can you think about what would have happened on the next day perhaps when the news got out of the strange occurrence that, that took place and, and you had CNN and Fox News and MSNBC, all of them arrive on the scene. And can you imagine watching those news channels? 
Can you imagine all of the pundits and the analysts and all of those talking heads they have on there and all underneath, you know, can this really be the Messiah? And they're talking about it. They're giving their quote-unquote expert opinion as to what might be going on and, and all of the things. You know how news, how it is today and how all of the things are. Can you imagine what would have happened if Jesus had been born in our day and time? Can you imagine the headlines? When at the age of 12, Mary and Joseph left Jesus behind, there would be the obligatory amber alert that went out and everybody would have gotten it on their phone. And and you know, it wouldn't be probably too awfully long until you saw uh, Joseph and Mary handcuffed, arrested for parental negligence, being taken in. And, And think about this. When, when all of the investigation was, was over from Jesus having become uh, mixed up with that activist John the Baptist and not to mention him being caught up in, uh, and adding some men to his staff like Simon the Zealot or, 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 or some of these other guys like the IRS guy Matthew and Zacchaeus and some of his other followers. Can you imagine all of the talk that would have gone on today? And not only that, do you think Jesus would have needed a permit to have fed the 5,000? Gotten one from the health department in order to to turn the water into wine or, or all of these other things that Jesus did? Would he have been arrested for practicing medicine without a license when he healed those who are sick? Would Jesus have been arrested for a hate crime when he went into the temple and threw over the the, the tables of money and ran the men out of the, the temple, the money changers out. Would they have brought a SWAT team to arrest him, complete with flash uh, grenades and all of those kinds of things? Would they have done that? And, and then ask yourself this question. If Jesus had been found guilty, would they just have sentenced him to life in prison rather than executing him for the crimes that they, he supposedly had done. You know, things are a lot different today than they were in the day when Jesus was on earth. Things are much different in, in the eyes of people, the way that they look at things. And, and yet, it, as we look back and as we think about, we understand that God could have intervened and, and could have made sure that things took place the way that He intended for them to do. Uh, he did that even when Jesus was on earth back 2,000 years ago. When the people of Jesus' own hometown wanted to throw him off a cliff, Jesus was able to pass through the crowd, I believe miraculously, in order to escape from them and to be able to get away and to die in the way that God had prophesied that he would do. But as we think about Jesus and perhaps his being born in our day and time, and we think about the reaction of people, would Jesus have been accepted? He wasn't even accepted in his day, but can you imagine the uproar and all of the things that would have taken place had Jesus been born in our day? Think about some of the day-to-day things. I want us to begin this morning by thinking about this. How would people have reacted to Jesus when he refused to cover sin up? When he refused to cover sin? How would people react to that way? You know, Jesus often spoke about one thing. The forgiveness of sins. 
Now think about this. In the book of Luke chapter 15, verse number 7, these are Jesus' words, just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Think about Luke 15, verse number 10. Just so I tell you, there's joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Or Matthew chapter 19 and verse 13. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous but sinners. Or Mark chapter 2, verse number 17. And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are, are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick I came not to call the righteous but sinners. And in Luke chapter 5, at verse 32, I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. You know, I've yet to find anyone who can tell me how a person can have forgiveness of sins without first having sins. And yet in our day, so many want to cover up sin. And they want to make it non-existent. That it's not really real. That it has to be something else. It can't be man being bad. It can't be man disobeying law. It can't be man disobeying God. We want to cover it up. In the book of John, chapter 8, verse 21, he said to them, that's Jesus, I'm going away. You'll seek me and you will die in your sin. Where I'm going, you cannot come. Jesus didn't cover up sin. And yet so many today believe that, well, it really doesn't make any difference what we do, how we act, the way we live. We're all going to heaven anyway. Everything is just, just fine. But again, John chapter 8, verse 24, I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am He, you will die in your sins. All of these passages I'm reading this morning are the words of Jesus. The words that He, was, he spoke Himself so many years ago when He was here. He said there's joy in heaven over sinners who repent. Joy in heaven... Uh, over sinners who repent. He came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Folks, Jesus is politically incorrect by modern standards. He is completely out of step with society. You see, he doesn't excuse sin by calling it a disease. There are so many in our world today who want to excuse sin they want to say, well, the person has to have grown up in such a way that, that something is wrong with his mind, that it's a disease that he has, and they will not acknowledge the very existence of evil. Why do people stand in windows and shoot into a crowd? Oh, oh they must be mentally ill. And I will agree that there are some who are suffering from some mental illnesses. It is a real thing. We understand that. We're not trying to diminish that. But I want us to understand when Jesus comes and when he, ta- when he came and when he talked about these things, he talked about sin, sinners. And until we acknowledge those things, we're, we're not on the same page with Jesus. We're not teaching the same things that he teaches. You see, Jesus doesn't excuse sin by blaming somebody else. It wasn't your mama's fault or your daddy's fault or some other person in your life's fault that you grew up to be the way that you are. 
Jesus says we all have to take responsibility for ourselves. We'll all answer to God. Every one of us, according to Paul in the book of first, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says we'll all stand before God. We'll give an account of ourselves before God. We can't blame it on others. Jesus doesn't excuse sin by saying, well, the times have changed. It used to be different. Things used to be different. Sin, you know, uh, homosexuality used to be looked at as being wrong. And, and now times have changed and so it's not wrong anymore. Or, or, or any number of things that we look at. You know, uh, uh, homosexuality is not the only sexual sin. We have so many people who are unmarried, who are participating in illicit sexual relationships moving in with each other, living together without the benefit, the bond of marriage. But times have changed, preacher. People have changed, but God hasn't. In God's mind, time is still just like it was 2,000 years ago. And so we, like Jesus, cannot excuse uh, sin by saying that times have changed. Uh, Jesus doesn't excuse sin by seeking to make it virtuous by a media blitz. You know... All you have to do today is watch the commercials. And so much of sinful action is presented to us as normal. And you know why they present it to us as normal? Because they want us to feel like it's normal. And they want to normalize it to the point that we accept it and say anything else is abnormal. There have been efforts in the media for years now to make certain sins so accepted that in many places, even among Christians, they become accepted. But I suggest to you this morning, I state to you this morning, that Jesus couldn't do that. Jesus would not do that. In the book of John, chapter 3, verses 19 and 20, the Bible says, And this is the judgment, the light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. Those are the words of Jesus. Jesus is the light. He says, I'm the light of the world. He came into the world. He brought God's message. He brought God's word into the world. And when it shines itself on sinful man, sinful man run away. They scurry away. They don't want to be around the light because it exposes their sin. That's what Jesus himself said. And, and they hate, they hate the light. They do not want to be exposed by that. If they hate the light, they hate Jesus. You know what? Jesus said that 2,000 years ago. And if it was true in his day, I guarantee you it would be true in ours. So how would Jesus, how would people rather react if Jesus were born in our day, in our time, in our country, our nation, and he would not choose to cover sin? But not only that this morning, how would people react when Jesus tells them they cannot save themselves? They can't save themselves. You know, everybody knows good folks go to heaven and bad ones go to hell, don't they? If you don't believe that, just go to a funeral. It doesn't make any difference whose funeral it is, a faithful Christian or a murderer in some cases. And that person is, somebody's going to say to him, he, he's going to heaven. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10 at verse number 12, 
Paul says, not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. You know, none of us are good when compared with God. But if we can compare ourselves with each other, some of us look pretty good, don't we? Some of us stand out more than others. But we shouldn't be comparing ourselves with each other. We have a different standard. We have a standard that is God. And God is the one who we've transgressed His laws, we've sinned against, we've put a stain on our soul, and He can't even stand to be around the sin-stained soul. That sin-stained soul has to be cleansed. And yet we want to control our own destiny. We want to make our own way. But Jesus says that we have to admit that we're weak. And we can't save ourselves. We have to have some help. In the book of Romans chapter 5 at verse 6, Paul wrote and said, For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. He died for you and me. We know from Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 23... Uh, the Bible says, I know, O Lord, that the way of man is not in himself, that it's not in man who walks to direct his steps. We know from the Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is the way of death. And yet we want to control our own destiny when we don't even know how to get to where we're going. We want to get there, but we are so weak we can't even make our own way. People would react harshly, I think, when Jesus said that they cannot save themselves because we don't like to submit. We don't like to have to submit. And yet, according to the book of 1 Peter chapter 1, at verse 14, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. We have to submit. We have to turn away. Hebrews chapter 5, verse number 9, the writer of the book of Hebrews said, "...and being made perfect." He became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey Him. We must submit to Him. We must. There's no other way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And so that brings us to another point. How would people react when Jesus says He is the only way? That He's the only way to get to heaven. Somebody would say, Jesus, are you trying to tell me that all of those thousands, hundreds of thousands perhaps of atheists in the world, that they're not going to heaven? Those who don't even believe there is a God, that they're not going to get there? And the answer from Jesus would have to be, yes, that's what I'm telling you. That's what I'm telling you. I came so that they would believe, so that they'd have evidence to believe. And I begged them to believe in my word. And yet they refuse to believe. How would people react to that? But even more so, Jesus, are you telling me the millions of followers of Buddha that they're not going to heaven if you're the only way that they're not going? And Jesus' answer would have to be, yes, I'm the only way. No man comes to the Father except through me. Or, or what about Hinduism or Mohammedism or Judaism for that matter? Jesus, are you telling me these world religions are not the way that you and Christianity is the only way? And Jesus would come back with the same words. I am the way, the truth, 
the life. And no one comes to the Father unless he comes through me. How would people react when Jesus says that he is the way? But we would even go further. Jesus, are you telling me the millions of people who claim to be your followers are not faithful to your commands that they're going to be lost as well? Jesus talked about some in the book of Matthew chapter 7 who called him Lord, 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 have we not? And you remember all of the things that they said. Jesus says, leave, go away, depart. I never knew you. You know, these kinds of sayings were radical words even in Jesus' day. But in our day, they're still fighting words, aren't they? Fighting words. You get called out if you stand in the same place that Jesus stands. Folks, if we don't acknowledge Jesus as God, as the only one Son of God, as the only one Son of God who can save you, if you're not willing to trust and to follow Him, if you're not a Christian, if we don't acknowledge all of that, we're not on our way to heaven. We're not. You know what? It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't. Jesus came and He lived and He died. Randy mentioned this morning those soldiers who took the hammer and put the nail in His arm and in His feet. And He stayed there for you, but He didn't have to. Don't you know I could call down more than 12 legions of angels? You wouldn't have any power at all against me, he said. Do you remember the song that we sang this morning? It was my sin that held him there. Nothing could have held him on that cross except for his love for you, for me. You see, we don't have to be lost, not a single one of us. We can go to heaven. Jesus came for us to go to heaven. He was born some 2,000 years ago so that we could go to heaven. You know, Jesus was not born in 21st century America, but in 1st century Judea. But my Bible, in the book of Hebrews chapter 13, at verse number 8, says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. What he taught in the first century is still truth today. Still truth today. And I've got to stand up by it. But you know what that brings on me? You know what that brings on you? When you try to stand by it. It's what Jesus said in Luke 21 verse 17. What he told his own apostles. He said to them you will be hated by all 
for my name's sake. Do we realize how many of the apostles were actually executed because they stood with Jesus? They lost their life, crucified, in other ways put to death. As far as we know, the only one who lived to be an old man and died a natural death was John. And the rest suffered so horribly. And if a first century world hated them because they stood with Jesus, what does our world today think of us when we stand with Him? And yet we have nowhere else to stand. In the book of John chapter 17 at verse number 14, Jesus prayed, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they're not of the world just as I am not of the world. Back in John 15, verse 18, Jesus said, If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If the first century world hated Jesus badly enough to execute him in the most horrible, unimaginable way that man could devise, by nailing him to a cross, what would our world do to him today? Good friends, as Jesus' followers, we have to humbly submit to all that he taught. Not just the easy parts, not just the things that we like, not just the things that may be popular if we could just spin them in just a little bit of different direction. We have to stand by all. You see, the totality of Jesus' teaching is not just in the red letters of the Bible. Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 16, verses 12 through 14, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, He'll guide you into all the truth. He'll not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He'll speak, and He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify Me, for He'll take what is Mine, Jesus said, and declare it to you. When Jesus said that we are to believe in Him, that we are to repent of our sins, that we are to make the great confession, that we are to be immersed, baptized for the remission of our sins, and we turn to the book of Acts, or we turn to the book of First Peter, or we turn to the book of First uh, 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 Corinthians, and we read passages like that about those things. We're not reading something that, that men made up. We're reading the things that Jesus, through the Spirit, gave to the apostles to tell us. And they're the teachings of Jesus. And when we read in the Scriptures, in Romans, and, and in, in the rest of the New Testament... Things, even after Jesus had been crucified and ascended back into heaven, things that relate to life today, we're not just reading things that men came up with, that 12 men or, or, or the, the ones that Jesus had chosen to go throughout the world, that they, they imagined, that they dreamed up, that they decided to write down because they had a, a mindset so long ago. We're reading the words that Jesus gave to us through the Holy Spirit, written down by the apostles so we would have them. 
Folks, as Jesus' followers, we must teach the same things that our Lord taught. We can't add to them. We can't take away from them. We can't alter them in any way. You know, it's not necessarily fun, but it's a pretty good exercise to think, what if Jesus had been born in modern-day America? Would people have accepted him? Probably not. At least not the majority of folks. There would be some. But Jesus was born some 2,000 years ago and he left us a path. He left us a word, a book. And he left us with minds that can understand, comprehend, and communicate to others the things that he wants the world to know. And as his faithful children, it's our job, our responsibility, because we are his hands, we are his feet, we are his tongue, to tell the world. And good friends, even if that gets us in trouble with the world, it's not because of us. If we're telling what Jesus himself said with the love that he had in his own heart, that we should have and manifest and display in ours, if we tell the world his very message in the way that he wants it told, there are going to be some who still hate us. But we can't back down from it. Not one bit of it. Because if even he had been born today, he wouldn't change it. He is the same yesterday, today, and as long as time will last, his book, his words, his truth will be with us. Amen. It may be this morning that you're here and you know that you need to obey Jesus the Lord. That you need your sins washed away by His blood. You know you're weak and you can't save yourself, but He came to save you. And you know that for those who are obedient, who will submit themselves to Him, that He will do what He promised to do. Maybe you're here this morning and you want your sins washed away by being baptized. We're here for you. We want to assist you. We want to help you. It may be this morning that you've come in the past. You've had your sins washed away, your past sins washed away in the blood of Jesus Christ. But you've walked away from Him. You haven't stood with Him, and you need to come back to Him. If that is your case this morning, you need to come. Let us pray with you and for you. If you need to respond for any reason, why don't you do it right now as we stand?